welcome to the third edition of the Charlotte is Creative podcast. Today's show features your hosts, Tim Miner and Matt Olin, speaking to Amy Chu after the March 3rd Creative Mornings event held at Warehouse 242. Currently the executive director of Queen City Forward, Texas native Amy Chu has had a long career in politics, having worked on the election campaigns of Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, and former Charlotte Mayor Anthony Fox. Amy has also shown an affinity for the entrepreneurial, having founded the voting information app Ballot, as well as being part owner of the women's apparel company Trophies Are For Winners. Remember, the next Creative Mornings Charlotte event will be held Friday, April 21st at Camp North End off of Statesville Avenue and feature former Charlotte Mayor Harvey Gant as the featured speaker. Because of the size of Camp North End, there will be no limit on guests, no registration, and no wait list. Welcome to the Charlotte is Creative podcast. This is episode three. Can we call it an episode? Yes, it's officially a trilogy now. Okay, that's okay. exciting. Three is my favorite number. Oh, good, good. It's the so, magic. It's the magic number, Amy. So uh, I'm Matt Olin. I'm Tim Miner, and I'm Amy Chu. So Amy Chu, we literally just finished the March Creative Mornings event, and this is our new way of experimenting with continuing the conversation. Is that we record the Charlotte is Creative podcast immediately after the Creative Mornings event is done. So we're sort of basking in the glow of that energy we stirred up and really sort of allowing other topics and thoughts to come out that didn't come out either during Amy's talk or during the Q&A afterwards or whatever. So this is really cool. And thanks for, for yeah. agreeing to do this with us. Yeah, awesome. Um, I, so you put a lot of energy, so did we, into the in, into Creative Mornings. So right now we're kind of you know, we're kind of going down the slope of energy. So we're going to kick it back up by starting with a lightning round. I mean, we're going to hit you with questions and you just need to say the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. Okay. So we're, we don't want you to, we want you to build back up again, right? And get your endorphins going. All right. Should I do some jumping jacks? Do you want to? No, not really. All right. Good. I I was going to join you, but that was not going to be pretty. I feel like I might knock the mic over. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's also not a, it's not great for, for an audio medium. Actually, it's probably better. She's doing awesome. Wow. She just did 10 (laughs) jumping jacks. It was impressive. All right. You ready? I'm just going to do jacks with no jumping. No jumps. I think you should rethink that phrasing. Okay. Um, You got it. (laughs) (laughs) See, thinking is when it stays in your head. Talking is when it comes out, Matt. All right. First question. still learning. (laughs) Amy, Amy, what's your hometown? Plano, Texas. All All right. What was your high school mascot? Wildcats. Nice. Okay. Right. Who is your favorite fictional president? Fictional president. Oh, uh, President Bartlett. I mean, it's got to be. All right. right. Well, I mean, that's you know, you never know. You could you could have said like Morgan Freeman's president in Deep Impact or somebody you know, someone like that. Yeah, President Bartlett. President Hands Bartlett. Down. He's All currently right. my president right now. I'm rewatching the last one. <laughs> oh, so am I. What's therapeutic? Are you on? Um, I watched the second episode, first episode, of second season, over and over again because that's the one that got my political start. Is that? The cathedrals one. Which it's a it's a flashback where they look back on how they all got started oh, on the campaign. Oh yeah, so CJ is. Mm-hmm. Um, so CJ worked for Emily's Ho- list, Hollywood, right? And she had done work for Emily's List, which is uh, early money. It's like yeast. It helps raise the dough. And I watched that episode, and I googled Emily's List, and I applied for an internship. That's when I transitioned from volunteer to political like staffer. 
That is so cool. My my wife and I do the same thing. We will watch The West Wing just when we feel like we need some sort of emotional salve in our lives, and that has turned out to be one of one of our go to yeah, uh, things. True. Is so we're actually Matt San- Matt Santos is um, is he currently the president. Current, well, no, he's he's uh, <laughs> oh great spoiler alert. No, I'm sorry guys. <laughs> no, Matt Santos is about he's he's about to win. So, um, was was he inspired by Barack Obama? Is it? I heard a rumor supposedly. That that yeah. There are some similarities. Yeah. All right. We've swerved I, off. Sorry. I'm ready to just take this into a no, West no, no, Wing like, fanfic podcast right. now. <laughs> right, right. Who's got some scripts they've been writing <laughs> at the third term? All right. So will you play a quick round of Taboo with me? Sure. Okay. So in the spirit of our March month, uh, our, our March theme of Taboo uh, that Amy just spoke about at our Creative Mornings event, we're going to play a quick round of Taboo. Okay. So... Need you to say these four words. First, not a king, but a not a king, but a prince. Oh, okay. Um, the king is married to a queen. Okay, queen. Good. Good. Ding. First word I is queen. A... Queen. Ding, ding, ding. I'll be the I'll be the dinger. I'm that gives me something to do. Okay, good. Um, uh, not a town, but a larger than town. City. Okay. Ding ding cool. ding 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 ding. So not backwards, but forward. Ding okay. ding 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 ding. Wait, those three words sound familiar. Queen City forward. Yeah. I heard that somewhere before yeah me too and also you know if you're just kicking around on a weekend you're gonna throw something on maybe not a button-up shirt but you're gonna throw on a casual t-shirt okay very good do we want to sit, talk about why we had t-shirt on well here? i'm gonna ask that right now okay. what is uh the best selling t-shirt of all time on trophies are for winners it's a supreme court tee um, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's got the four Supreme Court justices who are women on, on our um, on one shirt. We're going to get into that a little bit later, but Amy is Amy is one of the founders of Trophies Are for Winners, and we will put a link to that up with this podcast. Okay, uh, Amy, sum up the 2016 campaign in one word. No. <laughs> <laughs> are you telling me you won't, or is that your answer? No, that works for my answer. <laughs> What's what's your word, by the way? Um, how do you sp- how do you spell a guttural scream? I'm not sure. Well, I think you just say it. Ah! <laughs> See, mine is also a sound effect. It's oh yes, the, the Wayne's World flashback in time. All right, <laughs> all right, Amy. What? We just broke Andy Go's computer, by the way. I think. Oh, did just I make screaming. all the li- I made all the lines go really off the screen. That's terrifying. <laughs> um, all right, Amy. What is your to hell with it food choice? Oh, usually it's pizza, and it's not so much like kind of pizza, but like how much of the pizza I will consume. It's, so it's, right? it's, it's like quantity. a really bad day. I'm like, yeah, I'll just have the whole thing. It's today is okay. a large kind of day. Do you ever day? stack yeah. slices of pizza like, like like lasagna and just eat like six or seven pieces at one time? Um, I haven't done that in a long time. So I've won two pizza contests, it ha- but it has pizza eating contests yeah. in college. You won some eating contests? Yes. Pizza eating contests. So, so we, like my friends and I, we went to CC's Pizza. So it's not even great pizza, but it's at least the unlimited appeal. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the buffet approach. The good thing is they don't frown on that behavior there. Right. So right, right, and um, you know, like I'm I'm five two ish, right? I'm not a terribly big person, and so like my guy friends are like, "There's no way you can eat more pizza." And I was like, yes, I can. And he's like, no, there's no way. And I'm like, super competitive, right? So 37 and a half slices of pizza later. Oh. Wait. Now, are these the little square slices? Like, they're they like, I mean, slices? they're thin slices, okay. right? right? So they're, they're it's definitely. It's not a New York slice. It's about a third a of a New York slice. slice. But, but still. 
but oh, he and I were eating the same number, right? So, and I ate that extra half just to win. Like oh, yeah, it was, of course. we were done. Uh, and then we had a rematch later at like a different kind of pizza place where I, I could only do like eleven. Well, <laughs> what was it in the same day? No, 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 no. no. Okay, because <laughs> no, you no, got no. an excuse if that happened. Well, that reminds wow. me of one of my father-in-law's and now my wife's favorite phrases, which is "step away from the buffet." <laughs> And we use it in many different uh, contexts. But like buffets and like Asian culture are like very intimate, right? Like we have, our whole family has these shirts that we call buffet shirts, right? They're cinched at the bottom. They're blousy in the middle. (laughs) We go in it. Like eating is very serious for our culture. Buffet shirt. I got to say the marketing person to me can't let this go. I mean, is trophies are for winners currently marketing a buffet shirt? Because if not, I really think that you need to add it to the spring line. You have a part right down by the belly that says add 37 slices here. (laughs) Well, and then like we have like me and my sister, we have this conversation. We're like, how full are you? Right. And so it'll be like chunky monkey full or like happy walrus right so like she'll just be like i'm walrus full right do now do you hear the t-shirt ideas yeah, coming and then, out of but your the mouth thing, right like now. when you're super full you're a beached whale right <laughs> and and then like so you can't see this when i'm flapping my arms like that's when Is you're there beach, like a narwhal beach level? whale right like you're leaning back and you're flapping your arms and you're helpless wow um wow so trophies are for winners, soon to un. Uh, un- the there might be a shirt that says I'm a beach the, whale. Yes, <laughs> exactly. The buffet shirt line will come out along with apartment pants. <laughs> okay, Amy, finish this uh, sentence, please. If I didn't live in Charlotte, I'd live in Austin, Texas. Hmm. Good answer. Mostly because I uh, wake up all the time wishing that someone would make me a breakfast taco, as long as that someone's not me. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Right, and I can't figure out like why is that thing like why is a breakfast taco so like limited geographically to one state? Yeah, it's sort of a it's shame, portable. Right? It's easy. It but, like is. in Charlotte, they they kind of take it too far and they make you a breakfast burrito, and I'm like, that's too much. It's just <laughs> I don't need a whole burrito you've, you've for jumped, breakfast. You've, you've right? jumped the yes, like I need it to be portable, and possibly uh, consumable while I'm driving. Right, like it's too much. Right, yeah. If you can eat a breakfast food and steer and operate a blinker at the same time. Life you're, is pretty good. You're winning. I'm, yeah. I'm feeling I'm feeling a, a political platform coming forward, which is I will bring the breakfast taco to Charlotte. Appropriate breakfast tacos Done. for anyone in Charlotte. Done. Landslide. I'm in. Yeah. All right, good. A, land, a landslide of queso and salsa. I'm on the taco yes. ticket. Um, I, I, that's got a nice ring to it. Taco, taco ticket. ticket. <laughs> all right. I think I think something something amazing. It'll is be really right awkward now. though if all the women in their hats show up, because then that'll corrupt your taco too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm willing to run that risk. All right. So when you get ice cream, do you ask for sprinkles or jimmies? Ooh, sprinkles. Okay. Do you drink Coke or pop? Coke. All right. And it's Dr Pepper. Okay, but Dr Pepper is called Coke. There you go. In our house. Uh, <laughs> That's right. That's exactly right. Do you say aunt or aunt? Aunt. Okay. And do you say about or about? About. She's not from Canada. I know. I, you, well, sometimes people like to adopt a fake Canadian accent. Okay. Are you one of those? Are people? you confessing right now? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't. I don't do that. No, I, I have been known to adopt a fake British accent. And All get right. Yelled at. Here we go. Almost done with the lightning round. Yeah, we're... What was your last Halloween costume? It was a cocktail shrimp. <laughs> when was that? Uh, 2015? Well, 14. So, yeah, so two. recently. Yeah. Okay. Cocktail shrimp. <laughs> it was 
a fantastic costume. Okay, describe, describe it, please. I mean, well, one, I started as a trucker hat, and then I got glitter post board, and I crafted a giant cocktail shrimp out of the side. So, like, I was... I mean, I'll, I'll find you a picture. Maybe yes. You can share Did you it. have a side of cocktail sauce as your guest? or? Um, no, but it was because it was like one of those like fundraiser masquerade Halloween parties. So I needed, and I was staffing it, right? So I had to like be mobile. So it was really just a really big hat. Wow. It's creative and practical. Love it. I like it. All right. Think back this. We're talking about high school and younger. What's the most inappropriate thing you ever said in class and then got called on for? Um... I, I got sent to the principal's office for uh, asking politely that my English teacher use proper grammar. <laughs> <laughs> That's With that kid. You set impossible standards. Well, and then I made like a really strong argument for how we should hold our teachers to the same teaching standards as our tests. How old were you at the time? I was uh, 11. Yeah, that sounds about right. How That's, that, the, how that's that, the Amy Chu I know. Yeah, how did that end up? Um, I had to apologize, and then I sat in the back and sulked for the rest of the semester. You should have. Did you apologize in broken English? Because that would have been choice. No, I did not. You just held on to those principles. I like it. All right. Mrs. So, Hare was her name. What's her name? Mrs. Hare. Mrs. Hare. We'll put a link up teaching. to Mrs. Hare's um, Facebook profile um, if we can find it. Okay, and finally, last question of the lightning round. If the Charlotte symbol wasn't a crown, it would be a... Necktie. Oh, yes. Both symbolizing, you know, what our industry is and how we're kind of a little stiff and mm. choked up still. Yeah, this kind of goes back to our last episode with Logan Cyrus. We, we asked him his favorite Charlotte nickname, and he said Tidy Town. Tidy Town. I had never heard of Tidy Neat Town before. Tidy. Sort of in line with what you're saying, too. I think we need to loosen that tie up just a little bit. Okay, Matt, you got the first question. So we're, we're going to get into serious Serious stuff. Now. Oh, I was serious about everything. Well, else. I, we, oh, dead serious. We weren't. You were being serious. We. we I was. Speak for yourself. I was dead serious. Okay. Um, okay. So, what is actually taboo these days? Um, is it a passe concept, or do you think that you know, maybe just sort of riff on that, like what you think truly is taboo? Yeah. Um, I think it's less like specific topics, but almost how we think those topics will make other people feel, mm-hmm. right? So like we're really averse to getting too confrontational in person, right? I think it's actually not something, it doesn't feel as taboo if you have that conversation like, on the internet, right? Um, mm-hmm. and, and I feel like anything's fair game. And so now I just feel like all of our hard conversations, it's almost like setting and then audience are what are the new taboo, right? Like in person, one-on-one is hard. Yeah, and you know, it's funny, like I, I think about, is it also sort of geographically contextual? So, you know, Charlotte being in a, the sort of genteel Southern hospitality culture, are more things considered taboo here than say in New York, where it's like, you know, it's you get a little, you're running the joint a little bit. I don't know, just. Yeah, I don't know, but I, I think, you know, in different geographies, though, other things are harder to talk about, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's harder probably in New York to say you think the current president's doing okay. Mm-hmm. That would not be well received. Mm-hmm. Where it might be okay in Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and I think also maybe um, concerns about diversity and things are, are less well received. And, and there's sometimes... Valid, right? There's a truth to, you know, like that kind of change and shift in landscape. Right. I, You know, you said something that, that tripped me there. I mean, 
so many people are are attempting. Maybe they might not even be trying that hard, but they're they they want to shift those conversations online. Can can you really, you know, in your opinion, can you really have a conversation, a meaningful conversation? through social media or online? Um, so I think social media and an online conversation is just one medium like any others, right? Um, and so what we're not doing as well online is building the foundations of trust and friendship that are necessary for all good communication, right? Like talking to a stranger in person does not go over that much better, right? If I'm just like shouting at you what I think mm-hmm. on the street, that that's not any better than me tweeting it. Um, I think what's missing is that, you know, if I'm having that online conversation with a really good friend of mine, I already know where they're coming from. I know who they are. And so I have context for some of the things that they're saying, um, and, and I think it also depends, right? I think our motivations for sharing some of those thoughts online are more like, they're like expulsion, right? Like, I have thoughts. I need to get them out, right? They're not as interested in, in connection and in discourse and in, in refinement, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And then I think um, we kind of forget that online communication is asynchronous, right? And so that, like, maybe someone said that, you know, in a a moment in time where they were a different person. And now we're trying to bring that back to this now moment. Um, Whereas it's harder to do that, like, on the phone, right? Can't be, like, 20 minutes later, I'm going to respond to what you said. Yeah, well, and and to to your point, I mean, one of the great things about your talk this morning was that you gave the audience, like, actual tactical steps that they can take to have, I think, healthy and respectful conversations around taboo topics. And and even in speaking to people immediately afterwards, that was one of the things that really landed for them. It was like, wow, like we actually have these things that we can sort of adopt and integrate into our lives when we're having these in real life, in real time conversations about things. Yeah, and someone came up and said, you know, I think she said that the one she thought was um, most powerful was was telling the truth and then letting it go. Mm. And I think we don't, um, I didn't really talk about that that much but it's actually really hard right you get attached to your advice because you think it's good and you forget that you're giving it away and then you're, you kind of like judge people being like oh you're dumb right like you should have done what I said without thinking through like well maybe they're just on a scouting mission right and they're trying to gather multiple perspectives and you're just one right? yeah I think I think one thing that's interesting or I find interesting is you know we have because of the because of social media work we stay connected to so many people, but that doesn't necessarily mean we're, we know who they are today, right? So you, you tweet or you put something on Facebook today because it's meaningful or has, it's how you're feeling today. And I don't see you for another six months. So you've got this, this badge on you in my mind of that's how Amy feels, right? But, but a lot has changed in between. So I think, I almost feel like people walk around often now with, it's like you're, you're a Boy Scout or a Girl Scout and you've got this sash full of badges that you earned for stuff you yeah. said but may not be reflective of the person that you are today. Well, and I there's, think allow for, there's for something really complicated about the way uh, social media validates some of our thoughts in a very binary way, right? I like it or or what, right? I don't know if you don't like what I said, if you didn't see what I said, if you disagree and we should have a conversation about it. I just know that you didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Right, and I think that adds um, that adds a layer of of complexity because now we think, oh, eighty people like it, and we're not as good at saying, well, but I have eight thousand friends, right? So mm-hmm. that's like a lot of people aren't so excited about what I just said, yeah. You know, um, and then not everyone is comfortable sharing their comments, right, in a public forum, and so sometimes the feedback 
is offline or someone will text me something that that they saw posted online and and it's hard uh, to get any like you know anything you see online is is never a complete picture and I think we forget that right because mm-hmm. it just feels like information right um, and I think that's another tricky truth about politics is that at no given moment do you have all the information you need to do anything well to that point um, you've had a really intimate view of the political machine uh, from the inside and we're curious like what are the immediate and long-term effects of not advancing taboo topics on our city and on our country um, it's actually something we can already see, right? Because we didn't talk about them 20 years ago. And so we're now experiencing the effects of, of that discomfort of really acknowledging those conversations. Yeah. Um, and, and I think, I think it will just continue to lose generations. Um, and, and I think what, what we're seeing today is that we've lost a couple and it's kind of one part apathy towards the system and the process, but a little bit atrophy, right? Like they don't really know how to be good citizens. That muscle, that civic muscle is just weak and withered. And now all of a sudden they need it and they're like, I don't know what to do. I don't, you know, I want to do something. And, and we're, we're almost in a way rebuilding trust in an institution that has taken trust for granted. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we're also kind of taking for granted, we've taken for granted that the institution would always be good. Um, and I think what I'm noticing also for the first time is the institutions and government hasn't always been good for everyone, mm-hmm. right? But for the first time, I think there are a lot of people who are sensitive to, that it is also possible that it may not be good for them in the near future. Mm-hmm. And, and that's more people ever than before experiencing that, um, which I actually think is a good thing yeah. in some ways. Hmm. So to that end, I mean, one, again, we, we should have given you two hours to talk today, but um, tell us a little bit about, like, give us the elevator pitch for WTF Vote and for the ballot app that you worked on and what, what your, were your motivations and, you know, what, yeah. what came out of that? Um, so... It started out, for WTF, it started out a little bit as political strategy, right? Like, uh, we're interested in increasing voter turnout and the lowest turnout population were millennials. And so it was just an exploration of how do we connect millennials to civics and then to participation. Um, But it was a departure from traditional political engagement because we didn't ask you your party affiliation up front, right? We wanted, I mean, it just, it was so clear that millennials were not, uh, well-versed enough in, in civics and then in political parties to make a decision. It was There's so many other things competing for their time, right? That was part of it. And then the other part of it was, like, the models that we use for engagement, right? We call you at home. We knock on your door. It's really hard to do uh, for our new population, right? Uh, cell phones are not always in our databases. And then um, a lot of people move around a lot, so we have bad addresses or, or they live in apartments. Um, and, and so we needed a new way to kind of connect and, and then I was a little bit bored, right? I'd been in politics for a long time. It's getting a little disillusioned. And, and I was just like, we don't have to keep doing the same things over and over again. Um, and, and so I kind of gathered some of my friends who were also bored, and we just experimented, right? So, like, one, one of my friends, she loves playing bingo. And so for Senator, um, then Senator Hagan, and, and then now Senator Tillis, they had a debate, and we always play political bingo. And she said, why don't we just invite other people? And so I said, okay. So, like, we booked a sports bar because they have a lot of TVs, right? So we asked them to turn on the TVs to debate. And, like, everyone's coming in and being like, what are y'all doing in here? And it's like, no, no, no. We're, we're, not only are we playing bingo, which is already not cool, we're playing political bingo. Right? Um, 
And I printed like 30 bingo sheets. And um, Elizabeth says to me, I love how optimistic you are that you think 30 people are going to come right. play bingo fits. Uh, and actually, like, I think 40 some odd people came. Not everybody had a bingo sheet. Not everybody played bingo. Um, and then the manager came by and he was like, I wish I could stay and play bingo. This is really cool. And I was like, there's nothing cool about this. But um, and that's kind of what we really appreciate about WTF is, is we realized that they're um, – Really, our motto internally was, like, we're not cool, but we're not alone. And there were just a lot of people who are interested in this kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, you're such a creator, like, to, to that point. You just, at that moment in your life, you said, we're going we're gonna to create this. And another thing that you've been involved in creating is trophies are for winners. Now, we talked about this back when we were, you know, during the, um, you know, the buffet t-shirt conversation recently. So you're welcome for that idea. No, that was your idea. Um, how did it start? Tell us how trophies are for winners started and what's next for it yeah sure so let's take a step back then and talk about ballot um oh the ballot yeah so so in in the course of kind of getting to know why millennials um do or do not participate in civic education it was pointed out repeatedly that access to information that was well organized and quick was not available um and so we said can we fix this with technology and so ballot is an app the goal of it was to modeled after one part tender one part okay cupid uh can you get to know your elected officials a little bit better? And can you get to know what matters to you politically a little bit better, right? So we crowdsource questions. They varied from things like, I live close to a grocery store, to uh, I think we should build more bike lanes. Mm -hmm. um, and then we had some normal ones like I'm pro-life or, or, or pro-choice. Um, pro um, and then it was just you answer the quiz questions and you match. So Ballot uh, is a for-profit company, and I was the CEO, and then my friend Michael was the CTO. Mm -hmm. And everywhere we would go, everyone would assume that Michael was the CEO, and, and I was, you know, his assistant or social media. I think a lot of people thought I was going to be in charge of social media. Um, and so I got mad one day, and I said, you know, I'm just going to make a shirt that says Chief Executive Officer. And, and like gold sparkly script. And I'm going to wear that everywhere. So like people stop asking me, what is it that you do for the company? Right? Like, why are you here exactly? Um, and it was particularly interesting because like I, it was tech related company and I have no development skills. Right. So like, I'm the political half of our political app. Um, and, and so I took this t-shirt idea to a couple people and, um, I had a couple women-owned businesses say, whoa, that's a cool idea. It's a little aggressive for us. And I was like, what? It's also just accurate. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the CEO. Uh, and so we ended up um, getting Sam. Actually, it's Sam's handwriting, the chief executive Sam officer. Sam White. Sam White. Yeah. Um, and, and we printed these shirts for women who are CEOs. Cause it, and we were very intentional about that word choice, right? We wanted it to say chief executive officer. And not girl boss, not lady boss or boss babe, right? Uh, while those may be fun, uh, at the end of the day, I'm just CEO, right? There's not an equivalent 30-something-year-old guy being like, today I think I'm going to be the boy boss, like mm. hashtag boy boss. No, right. he's just CEO. Not so much, yeah. Um, one of our original founding team members is Lindsay Cooper, and I believe she was involved. She is part of that. Yes, yeah. or is involved, yeah. So we love, we love Lindsay. Shout out to Lindsay. She's up in Boston now, but we love you and we miss you. You are always you on the team. should come home. Yeah, <laughs> come home, please, quick. Yep. Uh, well, uh, yeah. Um, so I want, we just want to give you some time to talk about everything you're doing at Queen City Forward and what's really got you excited. Yeah, like so. What you're working on there that's really um, got you excited. Yeah, so I had moved, as you know, in the beginning of 2016, I moved to Philadelphia to be part of the Democratic National Convention. Um, and, and the plan was to like go back to politics, um, 
which turned out to be a good plan that I didn't follow through on. Um, but in the middle of that, uh, Queen City Forward, uh, the opportunity presented itself. And I thought about some of the work that I had done with Ballot in terms of really understanding the intersection between civics and technology. Um, and then how different civic engagement and community engagement felt compared to political engagement. Um, and so kind of all that together, uh, when they offered me the position, I kind of, I kind of took it and, and I came home, right, in a sense, right? And, and um, it wasn't necessarily a particularly obvious or easy decision to make, but uh, I'll tell you why I decided to uh, choose Queen City Forward over uh, po politics. I realized that the problems that we need to fix are more government than they are political, which is a little weird mm -hmm. to think about it like that. And um, all the leading kind of innovation around it was happening in big cities like Chicago, like L.A. and New York. But the problems are just so big there, right? On the other hand, like a city like Charlotte, we're, we're, not, we're not well ranked on most lists these days. And um, we have a lot of the problems that bigger cities face, right? Like we have systemic racism and a kind of messed up education system to a degree. And, and there's a lot of tension right now. But we also have a smaller government. We have a philanthropic and corporate community that is very committed to social change. And, and they already know each other. And so for me, I believe that uh, we can figure out how to fix all these problems in Charlotte and then scale up for big cities and scale down for smaller cities. Uh, and, and so I came back to Charlotte to figure that out with mm -hmm. all you cool people. Well, it's amazing. I mean, I, I believe you would agree. I certainly, Tim and I, uh, believe that Charlotte is full of so much creative energy and creative spirit. And it's so exciting that someone like you, who truly, from my standpoint, has your, your creativity dialed up to 11. And to have you in that role impacting that sort of change in our city to me is very very exciting i'm thrilled that that you're in that role i, I would say too i mean you just you have an amazing ability to inspire people to to do better and to think differently um it's because i grew up with a tiger mom <laughs> well, it's, is that it's right tiger mom? oh yeah wow. i mean you know matt and i had the privilege of going and spending time with you in philadelphia on queen city quiz show and even you know there you may say tiger mom but i think what you did for us was you just asked us a lot of questions but in a very even way you know why are you doing this and what what is your goal and why are you doing it that way and we flew back thinking about our own project in a very different different way so I'll say for me, I would say what fuels my creativity is most often my curiosity, right? I like to get to the bottom of things. I like to understand how things work and how people work and what makes them tick. Um, and mostly I, I'm interested in those things because I want to figure out the really big problems. And I think everybody has a part to play in that. I mean, that's what I'm most excited about in terms of Queen City Forward is just what you said, right? Like how do we infuse... Um, social change work, right? Like there's so many organizations in Charlotte doing really important work, whether it's food delivery, um, whether it's poverty alleviation, whether it's reimagining how education uh, could work in Charlotte. Um, but how do we uh, inspire people and kind of get them excited again and rejuvenated about their work by having fun and being creative? Yeah. I think that's one of the things we learned with WTF is that uh, I think we just assumed that politics had to be boring and, and terrible, and, and we really pushed against that. Mm. Well, you certainly brought the fun this morning at Creative Mornings, and, and you know we didn't give you a small challenge. We, we 
we offered you the opportunity to come and talk about taboo, and you took that opportunity, which is number one, very courageous, I think, from from through my lens anyway. And you had them thinking very deeply, but you also had them laughing today. And that's one of the great things I love about you too, is that you keep it you keep it accessible, you keep it light. And that's what's I think we need that, a lot of that too, in this day and age. Yeah, I I think my big takeaway from today was the concept of, because you're exactly right, so often we try to outsource the difficult conversations. You know, we we all collectively know that something has to be said, and we're looking for the right person to say it when anybody could step up, and if they do it respectfully and kindly, they can have that difficult conversation. To a degree, I think that's why a lot of people are frustrated with their uh, elected officials right now. I mean, they're just regular human beings, right? But I think we've put so much pressure on on what we need from them you know like we're expecting them to inspire us to serve to lead and to do it all for very little pay and you know hours and hours of their own time and and to always know the right you know confluence of words and exactly how to articulate a a complicated feeling right i mean we, we dissect every word that comes out of a politician's or representative's mouth when many of us misspeak Multiple time. times in an hour, let alone, you know, with, with uh, microphones shoved in our face. I've, I've misspoken many times in the last 20 minutes, well, quite yeah, frankly, Andy, so. you're going to take out all the, all the gaps out of the podcast, right? right? If we could just have an, an Andy uh, ghost walk around with us and, like, edit us on the fly. He's, he's saying he's not going to do it. No, okay. No. So, um, thank you so much for spending this time with us. And this really is, this podcast is meant to be a, a companion piece to the video of your Creative Mornings talk that we'll uh, be releasing in 10 days. So both of those, the, the video and the podcast will come out uh, in 10 days. And we encourage everyone to, you know, if you saw Amy's talk, awesome. Hopefully you're listening to this podcast. If you haven't, watch the video. There's so much great stuff in there. And let's end on this note. Amy, tell us, what is your word of advice for Charlotte today? Be bold. Hmm. Uh, I think we've got a lot of safe uh, risk-averse decision-making that's already happened, so we know what happens, right? Like, that's not exciting. That's not new. We've already yeah. done that before. Let's do something different. Let's be bold. And I also say this, that um, there are plenty of people who kind of seem like they're in positions of power, um, but they don't... Um, they aren't the only ones, right? There are plenty of people, if you look all around, that are doing really interesting and cool things. Uh, you don't have to have a title or an elected office to serve this community. Um, and then, and I think about uh, the advice that I was given when I came back to Charlotte from a friend of mine. I was a little frustrated the other day with um, just people weren't getting what I wanted. And he said to me, uh, he's an artist in Brooklyn, and he said, we didn't really have like a committee discussion to transition from like impressionism to cubism. Someone just like went out there and did it. And he was like, just go out there and do it. Yeah, yeah. Show them what's possible. Well, I, I love ending on that note. And uh, we, we, we also do subscribe to the believing. We're not here to play it safe. And that, that just plays right into what, what you're saying. Be bold, I think, is such a great piece of advice for, for Charlotte, for our fellow uh, citizens here. I, you know what, though? It, it, I'm a firm believer, too, that we, we all need to hold each other accountable. And you're, you do that for us. Keep doing that. Keep Thank pushing. You. Keep pushing us. Because, yeah, we wake up every morning going, hey, let's not be safe. We all need to be reminded of that and held accountable. They said we weren't going to be. Yeah. And Amy's good at that. So, but we're not going to outsource that. We'll push you too. Thank you. Thank right. you so Thanks much, Amy Chu. Thanks for listening to. Well, no one died. We got we got through a third our <laughs> third episode, and uh, we're all okay. We can laugh about it now. So, 
Thank you, guys. Thank you, Andy Go. Thank you, uh, Charlotte, for supporting us through these various uh, endeavors here. Absolutely. Thanks, Amy. See you next month. Thank you. Take care, guys. Thanks for listening to the Charlotte is Creative podcast. Let us know what you think by tweeting us at CM underscore CLT. Remember to mark your calendars for Friday, April 21st at 830 in the morning. Camp North End, 1776 Statesville Avenue, as Creative Mornings welcomes former Charlotte Mayor Harvey B. Gant. For more from Charlotte is Creative, check out creativemornings.com backslash cities backslash CLT.